From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Monday, October 2nd. I'm Sarah Wright. Green energy may be the wave of the future, but many independent renewable energy providers in California still rely on PG&E's infrastructure, which has been ill-maintained for decades and has caused a string of catastrophic wildfires in the last few years. At a recent regional economic summit, Senator Mike McGuire had stern words for the utility. PG&E, for decades, have put profit over people. They have put their own personal profit over the safety of all of us in this room. And it has to stop. The senator took a few minutes with KZYX after his presentation for more. You talked about PG&E and energy a lot, and I'm wondering how we're going to transfer from fossil fuels over to electric everything without handing over our entire infrastructure to PG&E, which is a private corporation that's problematic, as you mentioned. So first and foremost, we have to focus on the advanced deployment of green energy infrastructure, green energy projects. Uh, That's why the state just passed uh, 1373, AB 1373, that will do a guaranteed rate, uh, advance any guarantee rate for offshore wind. It provides financial stability for offshore wind. That's why we just advanced permitting reform for these green energy projects for both offshore wind as well as geothermal. On the transmission line though, it just is dependent on who owns them now, right? So if it is public or private owned. PG&E does own quite a bit of the transmission lines uh, throughout their service territory, just being really honest about that. They're regulated by both CalISO on the transmission side and the Public Utilities Commission on their rate side. So right now, CalISO and the Public Utilities Commission uh, are working to ensure that PG&E focuses on investors first, investors paying first, ratepayers second. And I think that's the big discussion that's going to need to be had. In addition, there are a lot of European countries, for example, like in Great Britain, where the offshore wind developer comes in and um, advances the upgrades to the transmission lines. So there's a lot at hand, and just being really honest about it, it's something that we've just started studying at CalISO uh, on the engineering side between Humboldt and Reading, and I'll have more to be able to report on that here in the coming months. Are we going to be able to replace PG&E with offshore wind and geothermal and the microgrids that you mentioned? I mean, I'm a big believer of uh, it's an antiquated model, right, uh, having a, uh, a monopoly on the system. That's why uh, I, when I was on the Board of Supervisors in the County of Sonoma, established the second community choice aggregate nonprofit in the state, Sonoma Clean Power, which is now powering up, uh, as we know, Mendocino County. That's why we have Redwood Coast Energy. So here's where I think our future is. Number one, I'm a big believer in public power. Uh, I come from a public power, I live in a public power city, Healdsburg, uh, Northern California Power Agency, that delivers a greener energy portfolio and cheaper rates, and any profit is reinvested into the rate payer into public infrastructure, number one. Um, Number two, uh, I believe that CCAs are part of our future. Uh, And three, um, I do think that we need to be able to fund microgrids. We need to make sure that communities are self-reliant off of the the PG&E grid. I also believe if there is going to be a public option, for example, the state of California taking over PG&E infrastructure, um, they have to make the fixes now so the financial burden simply isn't on the... um, the ratepayer, because what we know is that's exactly what PG&E would love to be able to get out from behind is all of that deferred maintenance um, that they've advanced. So long story, uh, long story short, I'm a big believer in public power. Public power works. If you take a look at NCPA, cheaper, greener. Uh, and I also believe that we need to be able to move forward with CCAs. And ultimately, absolutely, we need distributed power in this state uh, with microgrids.
And pg and cut down millions of trees to protect its aging infrastructure, and we can't underground it all in the mountainous terrain of yeah. Northern California. So are there laws in the works to force them to triple insulate their wires and do circuit breakers so that, you yeah, know... Public, um, public Utilities Commission actually just 30 days ago, something like that, in regards to hardening of their lines. pg and is now going to pull back on their vegetation management program because these aren't my words, these are theirs, I'm paraphrasing, it wasn't successful. Um, and so, absolutely, candidly, the undergrounding program, over 10 years, when the PG&E did a rate study, undergrounding versus their traditional vegetation management program, it was going to be additional $60 per month per rate payer. Undergrounding was $30 per month per rate payer. It was like 32 bucks, somewhere right in there, a little less than half of the cost it is going to be even cheaper of the insulating the hardening of their lines, and that's where they need to focus. Are there going to be consequences for PG&E for trashing so many people's property on a project that they now admit didn't work? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that the Public Utilities Commission is going to need to be able to tackle for sure. And are the investments in volunteer firefighting departments going to continue? $10 million goes pretty quickly when you're buying all these, all these engines. Are we going to see more? 110% yes. Um, it is a commitment that I made uh, to the chiefs, to the board members in Southern Humboldt, Northern Mendocino, um, and it is a focus that we're going to have here coming up next year as well. Look, these Type 6 engines are critical. Uh, the money for the training is critical. There is a lot more need. Uh, you're going to see, I think, three fronts the state's going to continue to invest. Number one, we're going to continue to invest in CAL FIRE and expanding the ranks. Two, we're going to continue to make our forest more resilient uh, through vegetation management and fire breaks. And you're going to see greater investment here on the North Coast. It is a personal priority of mine uh, to be able to continue to fund rural fire departments. Because what we know, whether you live in Bryceland or Garberville, uh, you are dependent on that department. Uh, and they, those residents deserve the same type of response as those who live in urban areas. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.